Welcome to the Gay Pride Podcast with your host, Gabriel Webster. And today's guest, it's me. <laughs> Nice. Hey everybody, welcome to the Gabe Pride Podcast. Before we begin, as always, shout out to Matt Peterson, Austin Barnes, and Matt Battaglia, both, and I guess all, for making this podcast happen with the music, the video, and um, all the pictures and images that I need. I got a cool episode coming for you today. I'm going to tell you a story, get back to that. I feel like I've been kind of spewing thoughts and life stuff at you. Um, so I got a story, kind of a crazy story, someone that maybe people won't believe, and that's okay. Um, and also one that may be a little risky to tell, but you know what? I felt compelled, so I'm going to do it. And we're going to do it in the most tasteful way. Uh, so yeah, I want to start like telling stories and kind of blocking them up into smaller videos and putting them on TikTok. I tried to do it with... Um, all the stuff when I was talking about Starbucks and like the police thing, but it didn't really work well, or I didn't think it worked well. And so I stopped and I got bored. So I can't let myself get bored. <laughs> I just got to do it. Um, so yeah, this story's once, once again, kind of intense, talks about some things that aren't really too PG, I guess. I'm going to go over everything as best I can to keep it at least PG 13, but, um, yeah, it's not for, I guess, young audiences. And um, it's a trigger warning about sexual assault, which is obviously something that definitely needs a trigger warning. It's scary, um, sexual assault. It's not something, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's something, I mean, I do know. It is very scary, and it's something that many people go through and have happened to them, and it's kind of weird and hard to talk about, I would imagine, um, because it is something that is sort of, and for wrong or for right, something that is very uh, stigmatized. I talk about the mental health stigma a lot, but there definitely seems to be a stigma around uh, sexual assault that maybe like you deserved it, or maybe it's like what you're wearing, which is super gross, and I'm going to try and get off that topic, but it's just what I'm thinking. Uh, is that it's, it, it does make it hard for people to stand up and talk about the things that have happened to them because they're going to be judged for whatever dumb reason. I think judgment is a terrible thing. I was talking to my dad, shout out father, and um, we, had, we were having just this discussion, conversation about judgment and um, shame and guilt. And this is maybe something I've said, and if I have said it, I apologize. I'm going to say it again. That I don't think there's any good reason for shame in the world. It's just something that makes people feel terrible about themselves. Makes people um, kind of do crazy things even to avoid feeling shame. And when they are shamed, they do crazy things to try and get out of that like dark cloud that shame is. Um, guilt, I think, is a little different. I think guilt is a personal thing that you feel guilty about something you've done wrong. But shame is something that's put on you by others, and I don't think that's right. So hopefully that makes sense. I'm um, getting back to kind of what I was talking about and the topic of today's podcast. 
being the hard thing that sexual assault is, which will lead me into the story. I promise that it is for for a reason. Um, it's also hard. I've kind of just decided, and therefore I think it, that as hard as it is for women, and I'm not even going to begin to go into that, it scares me to even think of having a daughter because of all the things that they'd have to go through. Um, something that I kind of was reading about and researching, you know, is, is, um, men's sexual assault. Like if a man was touched by another man or a man was touched by a woman, what that is like, um, I, I would say, especially, uh, a man sexual assaulted by a woman, it's not something that's really kind of spoken about for whatever reason. I think that's super stigmatized too. And I don't, once again, I think like, Maybe in the very toxic society that we live in, it's almost like if a guy, if a younger guy is touched or whatever by an older woman or assaulted by an older woman, it's like, oh, well, like, was she hot or whatever? Whereas if it's a girl, like, we kind of see how terrible it is. I don't know. I'm definitely talking on my ass and don't mean to offend anybody that has had to go through the horrible thing that these kind of things are, um, but yeah, it definitely makes you think, it makes you wonder, it makes you upset, your heart hurt and heavy for the people that have to experience those things, and makes you kind of, your heart hurt a little bit for the world that we live in too, where these things can happen. I, I wasn't sure I was going to tell this story, um, it's, and obviously I'm going to leave all names out, um, altogether just to protect those people that have been hurt, protect those people that um, are part of the story too. But it's such a wild thing, the, the, the things that we go through in life. I was talking to another teacher today at work and we were talking about how wild it is to go through something traumatic because it's not something you asked for. It's not something you kind of premeditated or thought about. You're just thrown into it in an instant, whether it be death, whether it be um, just a surprise, whether it be like one of those feel to scream things where people jump at you, jump out at you and you have to like deal with it really fast. I think I'd always be terrible at those things because I'd like haul off and hit somebody that came up and ran at me on like a corn maze or some shit like that. But I definitely think that it's true. We go through things and we are faced with them in the moment, and we just do what we have to do, or we don't do what we have to do. It's not something that we can really say, oh, I did the right thing, or I did the wrong thing. You were just doing what you had to do in the moment to get out of the situation that you were in. I think definitely a lot about Teddy, my brother, and, and his death. When I um, When I think about that, obviously being something super traumatic, and I told that story, but I think that it is, it's true. And I think if we look back at the movies that we love or the movies that kind of inspire us the most. We see that the heroes are not the ones that like are just it. It's the ones that didn't really ask for it. Like Peter Parker or whatever, Spider-Man got bit by a spider. Batman was after his parents died and realized he had to do something about it. Iron Man was literally like almost blown up. And the only way he was like able to live was the thing in his chest or whatever. Um, even Gladiator, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, is he has to he has to get like revenge for his family or whatever, right? So it is weird that heroes are made out of hard times and hard things, but 
when you are in the midst of it is the moment that you just do or you don't. Um, and you don't really know if you're a doer or a donter until the time and opportunity, unfortunately, presents itself. So, yeah. All right, folks. Uh, before we begin our story time for the day, I just want to shout out to our sponsors, a great friend, friend of the pod, um, GFG up in Kennett Square. They do great things, coffee, juices, all catering, div- catering. Um, if you're having a party, call them. They do catering, let's see, coffee, I think I said that. Um, pretty much whatever you need, they do. Um, up in Kennett Square, go up, take a day, make a day out of it. It's a beautiful drive up, beautiful drive back, uh, and just a beautiful town, beautiful area to be a part of. So they do a lot for us here on the podcast, um, and uh, check them out. They're also on Instagram at gfg.ks. All right, so to set the stage for this story, um, and once again, I'm leaving all names out, names of establishments, names of everything, um, both to protect the people involved and to protect the, the, the establishments involved too. So me and my friends decided we were going to go out one night. Going out, at least for me, is not something that happens often. It's not something that financially I do. <laughs> I never have money ever. Um, and it's also something like kind of personality. I can be the life of the party, but I don't need a party to be the life of. I can just be a party by myself. And don't get me wrong, love drinking, always down for a good drink. But I like I'm a drink and hang kind of guy. Like I drink and we talk and have a good time and kind of get super deep and into it. Um, I can also do the drink and jump off a barn. Um, maybe that story will be told. Maybe not. Um, but I think lately I just like to hear stories and sit around a fire and drink a couple beers and, I don't know, talk about life. But this wasn't one of those times, and the moment didn't call for that, so we didn't do it. Um, we were going out to a local bar, local establishment, and I think it was a Friday, maybe Saturday, weekend for sure. So there was a large group out, and at least in this small town that I live in, um everyone kind of goes to one or two places and everybody's there and you see everybody you ever knew that you wanted to see and some of the people you ever knew that you didn't want to see. It was one of those nights for sure. Saw a lot of people. Um, Saw some friends. Saw some not so friends. Saw people I hadn't seen since first grade, uh, which leads me to the people that we saw. So I was sitting there with my friends. We're talking, chatting, having a good time. And... From across the bar, I saw somebody that I knew that I knew. Um, I knew him in first grade. We were good friends. We were both adopted, so everyone kind of got us confused, which is a little weird and probably not necessarily right. Um, because he was also Puerto Rican and I was half black, so I think it was also a little bit of a race thing too, but hey, I'm not judging. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go up and say hi to him. So I go over, say hi to my friend, talk for a little bit. While I'm walking back... This woman walks up to me and starts playing with my earrings. For those that don't know me personally, I have both ears pierced. And sometimes I wear like one one hoop earring, one stud. And this time, that was what was going on. And I have a little, um, like, I'm wearing it right now. It's in like an angel wing, kind of holding on to the hoop. And yeah, I like it. So she comes up to me and is like all over me and holding on to this like 
holding on to me, playing with my earlobe. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is strange. She's like also a grown woman. Like she's 45, um, 45 ish. I don't, I'm not a age reader, but she's like 45 playing with my ears. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'm going to get out of here. And she's like, Hey, like, what are you doing later? Like all this kind of very flirtatious stuff, but it was flirtatious also because she was extremely inebriated and probably more than just drunk. Um, so I was kind of just like, oh, like I'm going home to bed. <laughs> I'm just a little Catholic boy. I don't do anything wrong. And she was like, oh, okay, honey. And I like got out of it and I walked away. Um, walked back to my friends. We're sitting there chatting, having a good time. The time comes, last call. And we walk outside in like a heap of people all flooding the doors to get out of this establishment. And once again, suddenly out of nowhere, this like, woman is there and she's like playing with my earring again and at this point I should have just taken the earring out and like ran um not because I'm like weird or whatever but this is like this woman could have been my mother he was just not okay then my friend comes over to me this first grade buddy and he introduces this woman as his sister which now takes the weird to an extra level of strange so I'm like, oh, this is not okay. Uh, and so me and my two friends walk out to one part of this area. And um, then she is with another kind of clump of people. And we're just talking, chatting, having a good time. My friend smokes, so he pulled out a cig- cigarette and was smoking. And these two other, these two guys come up to him. And for the story, and it is needed for the story, they were both black. So these two black guys come up with us and they bum a cigarette off my friend and we're going talking moving shaking and um then this woman now approaches the three of us and is like all over all three of the black guys and like kind of hanging on us and like being flirtatious like i those two guys had chains on which will come back foreshadowing um and one had glasses on also foreshadowing and um my earrings she was like playing with the jewelry and the and the and the glasses and all the things and and she's like she's just being flirtatious and we're all standing there and now at this point my two friends have kind of like reverted to an audience mentality and they step away to kind of both laugh at me stuck in this situation and also like i don't know um i'm not going to say their names of course but they, it just wasn't their, wasn't their rodeo type of ordeal, I guess. But it was, for whatever reason, at that moment, forcibly so, mine. So we're sitting there and, or not sitting, we're standing. <laughs> and she's all over us. And then she starts to get really, really aggressive very, very fast. And she, like, swings at me and swings at the two guys and then goes up to my one friend and, like, tries to pick a fight with her. And I'm like, oh, this girl ain't the type to fight. She's, like, a little little child of an adult and um you know it wasn't good <laughs> like she wouldn't have won that fight my friend this lady would this lady would have messed her up and she like showed us some like tattoo on her back slash butt that was like she was like i got this in prison and we're like oh that's nice i'm glad that they have art in uh prison and um she was just talking all this shit and we didn't really know what to do because it is a strange ordeal to be in um, 
And then some woman from across the parking lot, once again, we're all outside, runs up to us and is like, does anyone, does anyone know what to do? My friend is throwing up. And now, like, once again, I was inebriated too. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta save the day. This fight or flight mentality that I talked about kicked in and I decided that I was going to be a hero to this throwing up, this vomiting um, female. So I walk over to her and she has like a loaf of bread, which I guess, pro tip, eat bread if you're throwing up and that will help. Um, And she just like kind of perched on the parking lot ground and like vomiting right into her lap pretty much, which in normal circumstances I would uh, hike up my skirt and run, but not in this one. I sat there and I like was talking to her. And then all these people kind of like drove up and they were like, it was like a clown car. There were six people in this car and the car was made for like two. Um, and then we start to talk to them and I, or we, me, and they're come, coming to pick this barfer up. So they pick her up and put her in the car. And then I walk back over to my friends and see that the two black guys, um, they have taken this woman to like a flagpole over yonder ish not to say exactly where it is because i don't want to give away where it happened but there's a flagpole over yonder and they took her yonder um and we're like oh okay like this seems weird you know and i walk over there to be like oh is everything okay and like, yeah everything's okay man so like all right this seems like a weird situation um and also like i don't know like they seemed like they were taking care of the situation. This woman was on the ground and they were like over top of her, kind of like helping her, you know, like letting her throw up or whatever. So I was like, all right, seems like my job here is done. I walk off, get in my car with my friend and we drive home. End of story. Right? Wrong. Fast forward about a week. Um, I'm sitting at lunch with my dad. Um just having a lunch, you know, casual, and he gets a phone call, and you ever, like, sit across from someone when they get a phone call, and they, and you know it's about you, it's kind of scary, he picks up the phone, he says, he says, Daniel Webster, how may I help you, and then he, like, stares me down intensely for the next couple of moments that he's on the phone, um, he says, Daniel Webster, how may I help you, yeah, yep, he's actually right here, here you go, and he hands the phone across the table to me, and he's like, hey, um, this is a te- detective's office, they want to talk to you, and I was like, huh, like, my, in that moment, my mind, like, was like, what did I do, what happened, did I do something wrong, did I run a red light, like, what possibly could be going on, and I wasn't sure, so I take the phone, pick it up, and, um, on the phone was a detective, and they're like, hello, this is Detective Blank, from blank, um, we'd like you to come to this address, blankety blankety blank, and tell us what happened the other night at Looney's. And I was like, "What happened at Looney's? Like, what possibly could they have been talking about? What did I do? What happened? What could be going on?" And I didn't really think about what could have happened, you know. So, um, we go, or I go, I drive there. And it was kind of like off the beaten path a little bit. It wasn't like a police station. It was kind of strange. It was a detective's office. Um, And sidebar for a moment. I've always loved detectives. I love Sherlock Holmes. I loved even the show like Matlock. It was more like a lawyer. But they would always like try and solve the case. Um, 
anything detective I've either watched, but also probably loved. Um, and I call myself Sure Black Sure Black Holmes because I um I love detectives so much, and also kind of fancy myself a little bit of, of a detective too. I like to solve the issues and solve the problems and little mysteries that life holds. And this ended up being a big mystery, and Sure Black Holmes was on the case. So I go down. They sit. I sit in this like all metal room with a metal chair, and the chair is connected to the wall. And this detective's in there, and there's like a, a co-detective in there, and their police stationed right outside the door. I'm like, this is terrifying. I'm a large black man in this like detective's room in an all metal room. It look, doesn't look good for Gabe Webster, and it ended up being okay. But anyway, I'm sitting here and hanging out. And, um, they just asked me to go through my night. So I did and told them pretty much everything, honestly, pretty much. No, I I told them everything, honestly. And then they were like, do you remember in intense details about the day? And I've always had this like crazy kind of facial recognition thing that I just remember people. Like I remember we were out one day like a couple years ago and I saw my neighbor from when we lived in Aberdeen and we didn't live in Aberdeen um until like we lived in Aberdeen until I was 3 and then we moved to my house in Bel Air now so it's like kind of crazy that I would remember someone from when I was 3 but I did and my parents didn't even recognize the guy but I did um but anyway this facial recognition shit is nuts so I break it down to him the glasses the the jewelry Every single part. The one guy was wearing a black shirt. The other one guy, guy was wearing a red shirt. Uh, but I couldn't remember their names. But, which, without really thinking about it, I threw my friend under the bus. I was like, oh yeah, he remembers. He remembers their name. I know he does. They kept saying it over and over that night. Like, as a joke. So, <laughs> I get out. They let me go. Um, which I, re- I later realized that that first walk down and sit down that I had, they thought I was a suspect until I kind of showed that I had nothing to do with it. And I didn't even really know what had happened. Uh, I call my friend. I'm like, Hey, uh, I think a detective is about to call you. And as I finished that sentence, he said, Oh, someone's calling me. And it was in fact, this detective. So then about a couple days later, maybe a week, about a week, really, my friend and I both had to go back to the detective agency, sit once again in the same metal room, and this time chair unconnected from the wall, interesting, um, and break down what we thought again, just to see if time had stirred anything else up. And then we sat down and they made us go through like pictures and like almost like pick, pick people out of a lineup and pick these people out. And it was super weird, super crazy, super like SVU type thing, but we did it and we got through it and we just kind of came out of it and we both were like, what the heck just happened? And we didn't talk about it because they told us not to talk about it. So we waited like a while and then we were like, Hey, you remember that thing that happened? Whatever happened with that? And, um, we ended up looking up what we had thought was just like, maybe those guys like stole something from this woman, or maybe, like, I don't know, um, we didn't really know what had happened, but to be honest, in the back of my mind, it always kind of had, like, that squirmy feeling that, um, that something kind of deeper had happened, 
um, and something did deeper happen. This woman was um, taken advantage of by those guys. And it's so weird that we were there and weird that Sure Black Holmes was the one that they were talking to to remember them, but they were caught and and um, I don't know where they are now, but they were caught and justice was served. But it is a weird thing. It's a wild thing that I I know I'm not like the only person to have experienced something like this. Literally, it's wild. It's scary to have to like go through th- something like that. I can't even imagine being the person that it happened to, let alone me. Like, and I didn't even really wasn't involved at all. I was prematurely involved, but not really any of the hard stuff. So it's strange. It's hard. It's something people don't really talk about. So that's why I share that story and and open it up. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Thanks, guys, for listening to this story. It's not super funny at all. It's not something that I really like to talk about too much, but it's um, been on my mind and therefore on my heart to talk about. So, um, as always, shout out to the Matt, the Matt Matthews, Matt Peterson, Matt Battaglia, and M. Austin Barnes. Shout out to our sponsors, GFG, and thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen. Peace.